Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of The Sheila Zielinski Show. I broadcast weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on WINB and, of course, WWCR. Many ways to listen to the program. Just head over to the Listen page at WeekendVigilante.com and go back in the archives. If you're new, I sure do seem to be getting a lot of listeners lately. Must be all the collusion from the MSM. Just the corruption knows no bounds with all these people. There's so much to get into. The spin doctoring hucksters in the Obama camp are working overtime on damage control from WikiLeaks emails that prove Obama was privy to Clinton's private email server. And now it just came out that the former director of policy planning for the U.S. State Department wrote that sending, quote, sensitive content to private email accounts was the norm under Secretary Clinton. That's what emails published by WikiLeaks reveal Obama knew. Didn't Barry actually say, hey, you can keep your premiums, you can keep your doctor, they won't go up. Right. You know, Americans are becoming horrified over skyrocketing Obamacare prices Citizens shared damning health care premium increase photos online. And you should see this not-so-affordable care act, what it's doing. The Obama administration is also, what are they doing? Vilifying our veterans. They're targeting soldiers' bonuses. This guy will stop at nothing. The Pentagon actually asked troops to repay their bonuses. We don't take care of our veterans, but let's take care of immigrants flooding in, in border chaos. The devastating info on WikiLeaks continues to pour in. And meanwhile, Russia's gearing up for war in Syria, while the mainstream bobbleheads are obsessed with finding another faux-groping victim of Donald J. Trump. Russia is gearing up for war in Syria and possibly, well, we know if Hillary Clinton was elected, a potential ramp up for World War III would be at mock speed. That's on record, according to alarming military footage, which aired in Russia. The Drudge Report, if you saw this, I linked a story on the mirror this week. We got our very first look at Russia's latest country destroyers, the Satan II missile, nice name, packed with up to 16 nuclear warheads and able to completely destroy an area as big as Texas, well, you know how big the Lone Star State is. That's a country the size of France. This is essentially saying the weapons will make the bombs dropped upon Hiroshima and Nagasaki look like pop guns. Russia's new R-228 Sarmat supernukes will be ready to launch in 2018. Actually, it was Paul Craig Roberts was talking about five of those puppies could lay out the whole eastern seaboard. Yep, that's right. The east coast would be toast. Boy, the direction we're heading, frightening. Tensions continue to mount between Russia and the West after an escalation in posturing between, of course, President Vladimir Putin and the Western leaders. Putin actually fired a stern warning shot at Hillary Clinton and the globalists that he might shoot down U.S. jets in the Middle East. And he is well prepared, he says, for World War III. Well, I guess on the heels of that, it wouldn't surprise us that the same day Zero Hedge asked if the White House had just declared war upon Russia. 
nuclear superpowers saber rattling going on. Of course, doesn't help good old Joe the Hack Biden. His recent statement that the White House was prepared to send Vladimir Putin a message. Are you really going to do that, Joe the Schmo Biden? Put a sock in it. I think I speak for all of us. This really amounts, folks, to a virtual declaration of war on Russia. That's in Russia's eyes. That's exactly what they're saying. That's what their media is reporting. The International Business Times actually is a really interesting story. And it said that if Hillary and the globalists launch war against Russia, it would be the biggest mistake made in U.S. history that would lead to millions of dead Americans. I think Vladimir has been putting up with enough if you know what I mean. You know, I said, why aren't 3 million Americans taken to the streets? We're not going to go to war with Russia. No, Obama, we're not doing this. I mean, stuff that would have made our forefathers take to the streets, we don't bat an eye at now. It's just absolutely nauseating. Who can stomach this? Well, more news. Black Lives Matter leader officially endorses Clinton. Oh, there's a big surprise. Well, speaking of selling out your soul to Satan, Mao Zedong in a skirt, Hillary Clinton, her astonishing financial confluence that's plagued her foundation is ramping up more against the overlap between the foundation supporters and the beneficiaries are staggering. It is mind boggling how this woman is not hanging by her neck for high treason off a rope. This is high treason. I think it's time for a good old fashioned hanging myself, don't you? People hung for a lot less. Sean Hannity said he wanted to buy a plane ticket to get Obama out of the country. Get on a plane? Uh, No, Sean. How about instead of going to Kenya, how about he goes to jail? How about that? Well, as we see this week, the rigging continues, electoral college voter bribery, damning evidence of voter fraud, George Soros voting machines, more rigged polls, Police investigate a fraud after voter registration flips from Republican to Democrat. That's right. Pennsylvania State Police were investigating a voter manipulation. And actually, this happened in Texas, where votes switched from Trump to Hillary. In fact, residents of at least two cities in Texas on record now are complaining that they voted for Donald Trump only to see the voting machine switch their ballot to Hillary Clinton. A woman in Amarillo actually was shocked to see her ballot instantly go from Republic to Democrat. Because don't forget, early voting for the presidential election started this week for people in some areas who've been given the opportunity to avoid these long lines on November 8. And this is not just in Amarillo, in Arlington, same thing. Another voter reported a similar experience. This is what she said. This is Shandy Clark. She checked before she submitted, and the vote had changed to Clinton. She reported it and made sure her vote was changed back. Staff commented that it had been happening. This is just beyond belief. But then, of course, when you have uh, George Soros voting machines, well, what can we expect from the guy who just recently in the last month said, I'm a god. I created everything. You can do an internet search on that. He actually claimed that he was the creator of everything. Yeah, the billionaire globalist told us, you know what? Normal rules don't apply to me. He actually says in this one article, he said, if the truth be known, I carried some rather potent messianic fantasies with me from childhood, which I felt I had to control. Otherwise, they might get me into trouble. Okay, Mr. Philanthropist. 
Soros told the New York Times in 94, actually, that it was something unnatural. Yeah, I've got a word for that, George. It's called, you're a demon. He goes on to say in the article, I'm actually not the philanthropic humanitarian that people think. I'm actually very selfish. A sociopathic megalomaniac would be self-centered. You don't say, Georgie. He's actually got a book called Soros on Soros. Gee, big surprise. And he says in this book, my grandfather was actually paranoid. I have a lot of madness in my family. So far, I've escaped it. I don't think so, George. You, sir, are a devil. He goes on to actually say that he doesn't accept the rules imposed by others. This guy is a poster boy for a sociopath, isn't he? Have you seen this guy? I mean, look at a picture of the guy. I mean, he's just... He just exuberates complete evil. I mean, the man is straight out of the pit of hell. So, of course, the social media forums are also ablaze with concerns about votes being switched, rigged. President Obama himself, though, hey, he's completely dismissed Donald Trump's concerns. Did you hear him laughing about voter rigging? Oh, it's a baseless conspiracy theory. Mm. Well, thanks for clearing that up, Barry. Well, we continue to have more on Project Veritas, of course, the Action investigation dives further into the backroom dealings of the DNC. Recently, we had Donald Duckgate. You cannot make this stuff up. People actually being paid to protest at Trump rallies, cause all sorts of Donnybrooks. Isn't that amazing? Donald Trump is not even president yet, and he's already creating jobs. People are getting paid for this. You know, the stuff that's pouring out of WikiLeaks, again, we're having another dump. When all this stuff rolls out, Watergate's got nothing on this, folks. And you know, something I've been saying for so long is the mainstream media collusion. Isn't it frightening? There's actually not even good vernacular to describe this anymore. I've looked up every synonym for appalling, and there's just nothing that describes this. Speaking of appalling, did you see Megyn Kelly this week? She had Newt Gingrich on as a guest. Did you see this disgusting display? She invites him on as a guest and then railroads him, completely attacks the guy. He's supposed to be a colleague. Talk about self-aggrandizement. Using a guest as a foil? Her disgusting display with Newt Gingrich on her show. She calls Donald Trump a sexual predator. Really? But it's okay for her to talk about her breasts on the Howard Stern show. Wait a minute. What did you say, Sheila? Yeah, she was talking about her breasts on the Howard Stern show. Let's listen to this super classy conversation. Do, would you ever get implants? Mm, I don't think so. These are real. Yeah, well, you're a C cup, aren't you? I, you are. My husband calls them killer bees. Oh, they're bees. <laughs> yeah. They look like C's to me, don't they? <laughs> Tell her where that bra store is. They'll, oh, they'll upgrade my her. Goodness. <laughs> they'll make her a D, I'm sure. <laughs> I, we used to call them the killer bees, and then, and then when I got pregnant, they became swimming seas, and Doug was frolicking in the ocean. <laughs> really? So you and Doug still have a good sex life? Oh, isn't that classy? Is that how women should be talked to, Megan? You scripted, sold-out, bobble-headed minion. I think it's time for Megan to pack up and go over to Clown News where she'd fit right in. The media are a bunch of frauds. It is nauseating repetition, controlling the narrative. Is this the unfair and unbalanced Fox? Well, I'm glad to know they're hucksters, too. Who can stomach this? Fox is now worse than MSLSD, as I call them, and Clown News Network. But Gingrich fought back, actually. Newt 
called her out. Way to go, Newt. He unleashed on her. He said to her, why don't you use the phrase sexual predator with Bill Clinton? Of course, she changed the subject real quick. It's all on record what a pervert slick Billy Clinton is. I mean, it's grotesque. Sexual predator isn't even a strong enough name for this disgusting degenerate. A state employee, Paula Jones. How many women has this guy raped? How many young girls has he been with? Off in Petto Island with his buddy Jeffrey Epstein, he lied to a federal judge during a deposition and the judge held him in contempt. He was disbarred by the Arkansas court and the United States Supreme Court. And this is the guy that we want back into the White House? I don't think so. Well, let's listen to what Newt said to Megan, CNN-bound Kelly. He had a rough first debate. He took the bait on Alicia Machado. He stayed in that trap for a week. The Access Hollywood hmm. tape came out, which was not produced by Hillary Clinton. That was Trump. I just heard you go through this with, with uh, Governor Pence. I get yeah. it. I know where you're coming from. But let me point out something to you. Sure. The three major networks spent 23 minutes attacking Donald Trump that night and 57 seconds on Hillary Clinton's secret speeches. You don't think this is a scale of bias worthy of Pravda and his vestia? Trump is a least, sexual predator. That is he's not a sexual predator. Okay, you that's can't your say opinion. That. I'm you not taking not a position defend on that it. statement. I, I'm, now, I am I'm not sick and tired of people it. like you using language that's inflammatory that's not true. Excuse me, Mr. Donald, Speaker. Donald, Donald you Trump have no idea whether it's true or not. What we know is that neither, there are at least... Neither do you. That's right, and I'm not so, taking a position on, on it, unlike you. Yes, you are. When you use the words, you took a position. So what I think it's very unfair of you to do that, Megan. I think that is exactly the bias people are upset by. I think that your defensive on this may speak volume, sir. If, no, no, no. Let me make my point and then I'll give you the floor. What right. I said is if Trump is a sexual yeah. predator, then it's a big story. And what we saw on that tape was Trump himself saying that he likes to grab women by the genitals and kiss them against their will. He denies it all. We have to cover that story, sir. Oh, sure. So it's worth 23 minutes of the three networks to cover that story. And Hillary Clinton in a secret speech in Brazil to a bank that pays her 225000 saying her dream is an open border where 600 million people could come to America. That's not worth covering. That is worth covering. When you covering. want to go back and through the did. tapes of your show recently, you are fascinated with sex and you don't care about public policy. Like and to therefore know. we're going to send Bill Clinton back to the East Wing because after all you are worried about sexual predators. Do you want to comment on whether the Clinton ticket has a relationship to a sexual predator? We on the Kelly file have covered that story as well, sir. I will no, tell you I the polls. I want to hear use the words. I want to hear your words. Bill Clinton, sexual predator. I dare you. Say Bill Clinton, sexual predator. We're going to have to leave it at that. And you can take your anger issues and spend some time working on them. Megan Kelly, talking head for Hillary Clinton. Way to go, though, Newt. Megan Kelly, you could say you got neutered. <laughs> The U.S. economy is in serious trouble today. It's not good when even Deutsche Bank is warning of, oh, they're calling it tough times ahead as U.S. braces for fine. What's the elephant in the room? Deutsche Bank, 75 trillion in derivatives? That's 20 times the German GDP. And all that's soon going to come home to roost. So are we looking at an economic implosion very soon? Well, I think the bus has left the cliff. We're not sure if it's inflation, stagflation, deflation. The triple-headed beast is coming down, and the chickens are coming home to roost, folks, and this is not looking good. 
The question is, how has this economy not completely imploded yet? It almost seems like we're days away from a complete meltdown. I mean, are they timing all this stuff at once? And if you did not listen to yesterday's show, I had Fritz Springmeier on. It's called War of the Worlds, Fake Government Setup, Alien Invasion. We see now on WikiLeaks, it's Hillary Clinton, UFOs, ETs, and Space Wars. This is Twilight Zone meets National Enquirer. And this is front page news? I'll tell you, WikiLeaks, it baffles me that an Australian computer programmer slash publicist at the Ecuadorian embassy in London is doing more for truth in America than the entire news media combined. Does that baffle anyone else? I think these media minions should go to jail is what I think. Lying to the people? No, it's all Putin's fault. Let's blame everything on Putin. I mean, the country is asleep at the helm, and yet the United States and NATO are preparing for a major war with Russia? There's massive military exercises and a troop buildup on NATO's eastern flank. Oh, does that not reflect a little bit of a dangerous strategy? This is, for the first time, folks, in a quarter century, the prospect of real war, war between the major superpowers. You've got all the stuff going on with Netanyahu, UNESCO... The second UNESCO vote was to deny the connection between the Jewish people and their holiest sites in Jerusalem. So it's not surprising that Netanyahu has now made the decision to recall Israel's ambassador to UNESCO. That is an unprecedented move that has never been taken against any other United Nation body before. It's yet another absurd resolution against the state of Israel, the Jewish people, and historical truth really is what it's about. I like it to the infamous United Nations resolution, the Zionism is racism in 75. Israel's ambassador to the UN at the time famously tore it up. So the UNESCO vote, very interesting. So how do I sum up the headlines? Well, let's just say insanity ensues. We're going to be back after a short break. Stick around for Mario Murillo from Mario Murillo Ministries. It's going to be a great interview. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. The latter part of verse 26 says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? Here's what they said to David. The men of Israel said, have you seen this man who's coming up? Surely he's coming up to defy Israel. No, that wasn't the issue. The issue was the true nature of the battle was this is one God against another God. This is old Dagon and Beelzebub against Yahweh, Jehovah. The true nature of the battle was, it was the gods of the Philistines, which weren't gods, and the God of Israel. And this is why David said what he said in his confession over here. He said in verse 47, that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. He said, listen, this battle is between your God and our God, and I'm going to show you that our God is God and he is going to take care of you today. The battle is a spiritual battle. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Mario Morello from Mario Morello Ministries, and it is my pleasure to welcome him to the program. Mario, welcome to the program. It is a pleasure, sir, to have you on for the first time and hopefully many more. Well, I hope so, too. I'm very glad to be on here. We, we've got a burning message we've got to get out now. Yes, amen. The clock is ticking here as we 
go into November 8th. Now, I want to say first hats off to you for writing a very, well, quite frankly, scathing article against some of the evangelicals, including Beth Moore, Max Licato. It was really a bold stance. Start by telling the listeners, Mario, what this letter was all about and what prompted you to write it. Well, first of all, I'd like to qualify everything by telling the audience that I am from San Francisco. I'm not from a Bible Belt city. I was born and raised in the city of San Francisco. I spent 10 years at the University of California, the most liberal and atheistic campus in America. And from there, I saw the complete bankruptcy of what's going on. And the reason the article was ignited in my spirit to write that gullible Christians are killing America is that I heard inadvertent remarks made against Trump by highly visible evangelical leaders. And I was especially struck, and I say this with all due respect because I want to take nothing away from Max Lucado and who he is as a man, but he wrote an article in which he said, and I quote, if Obama had behaved the way Trump is behaving, I would have spoken out against him. Well, all the alarm bells went off in me. I said to myself, well, what was it that he was polite and Trump is not? I thought when these four people died in Benghazi, did he do it in a polite way? When he lied to their parents about it being caused by a video instead of terrorism? Is it because he did it in a polite way? Well, I couldn't stomach the silence. And I thought to myself, the worst and most gullible thing that's coming to the Christian faith right now is the idea that nothing is being said about what will happen to America, number one, if Clinton wins, and number two, that Christians are gullible if they think voting for a third-party candidate or not voting in no way helps Hillary. They love to say that. Well, it's not going to help Hillary. And I say we're in a two-way race. There's only two people in this race, a two-person race, and one is the underdog, Donald Trump. If you don't vote for him, you are helping Hillary. And no matter how you'd like to swallow it, and no matter how thin you cut baloney, it is still baloney. Well, and you know, that is such a good point. And one of the things, I mean, of course, we know T.D. Jakes has recently went on the Oprah Winfrey show. I railed about this last week. He's been slipping now for quite a while. Now, I read a scripture, Mario, and I'm pretty familiar with the Bible. The scripture says, what business does light have with dark? And here you have the Queen of New Age with T.D. Jakes on her show railing against Trump. Again, Max Licato in kumbaya mode. It's all just fine. Even if Hillary gets in, it's all good. The silence in the mainstream church about Hillary Clinton and her devilish behavior It is absolutely stunning. Yes, and we need to nail down this specific deception. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Yes. In 1933, he went on radio in Germany, and he warned the Lutheran Church and the German people at large, there's a man coming to power. We have to stop him. And what we hear from men like Max Lucado, and again, with all due respect, God is on the throne. God was on the throne when Stalin came to power in Russia. God was on the throne when Hitler came to power. Every tyrant that has ever been in history, God was on the throne. But God chooses people. He uses people. He has limited himself to prayer and obedience. And the warning that's being sounded right now is Hillary Clinton will bring a sewage, a slime, and a crime family into America 
and that will be the first time that we have ever codified immorality, criminality, rebellion against God on a completely unprecedented scale. Yes, and well, sadly, the churches are in Snoozeville as radical Islam storms across the planet, coming into the West. Hillary's all for open borders, flooding us with these immigrants. You know, Christians are getting beheaded and butchered in droves, and pastors are not saying anything, and I don't understand this. We cannot take eight more years of absolute debauchery and wickedness. What does Proverbs 29.2 say? When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Talk about groaning and mourning. Well, and, and the misery in, in the black community, Obama has helped none of them. The crime has gone up. The violence has gone up. The poverty has gone up. The division has gone up. He is himself an African-American. Now, we're going to have someone in there who says we ought to elect her because of her experience. Well, let's look at it. For over 30 years, she's been in political system, has accomplished nothing. And in her non-accomplishment, has harmed us and damaged us. So there is no demographic group in this country that can look me in the eye and say, she's a better choice than Trump because of this and that and the other. The policies are wrong. The late-term abortion is wrong. The economics are wrong. The scaly, slimy corruption, it's all wrong. And it's as clear as daylight. Now, Someone will say, you know, well, God, if God chooses, if God chooses, then, you know, we'll have this leader. It's, it's what God wants. We have to accept whatever happened. The Bible says, if my people, and it says, repent and pray. But what we need to pull away from that verse is it begins with the people of God. My people, yes. The people who are listening here need to understand. You cannot walk away and say, I voted for Hillary because I thought she was not a racist and I thought Donald Trump was. You can't walk away and save your conscience and say this, that, or the other, because it begins and it ends with the people of God. Max Lacano, no Beth Moore, nor any of these evangelicals, really, they never want to talk about Bill and Hillary Clinton, you know, the butchering and the bloodshed of innocent babies every day, the tyranny. I mean, we see it in the WikiLeaks, tyrannical on steroids. And yet all these shady dealings, it's on record now that Jeffrey Epstein, a good friend of Bill Clinton, he's a known pedophile. I mean, they never want to talk about Bill and Hillary Clinton, though. That's what I don't get, Mario. Well, you know, and you got to have an image of Bill Clinton flying on Jeffrey's plane with underage teenage girls that are outside of American airspace. You know, it's just a sickening, nauseating, absolutely intolerable, to borrow a candidate's word. It's an intolerable group of people that anyone listening with any kind of semblance of discernment, and that's the great fault in the church. We've had so much unbiblical teaching. The fundamentals have not been taught. The truth of right and wrong, the existence of the blood, the cross, the virgin birth, the inerrancy of Scripture. These have all been deleted from the pulpit in favor of a quasi-New Age kind of murky pep talk, and it has left an entire generation without radar, without discernment, and without moral fortitude. 
So all of a sudden, it becomes Christian not to have an opinion. It becomes Christian not to have a clear view of what is essentially the duty of anyone who loves America and loves God. Intolerable, such a good word. And of course, the mainstream talking, sold-out, bobble-headed minions, the collusion is unbearable. The lies are abhorrent. The spin doctoring that goes on, you know, just this week, Tim Kaine had, what, 30 people? Donald Trump's rallies are 20, 30,000 people. Hillary can't even get a small gymnasium filled. And yet we're seeing all the polls reflecting her winning by a landslide. We see Texas voter rigging, changing votes for Trump to Hillary. I mean, this thing is just absolutely nightmarish. The crookedness is off the charts here. Yeah, you know, in this, in, this is it. Jesus said, what I, shall I like in this generation? They're like children singing in the street. And we sang a happy song and you didn't dance. And we played a funeral dirge and you didn't mourn. That's the American media. They're saying, we are your reality. We are your 1984 Orwellian interpretation of reality. What we say is true is what's true. And you can come up with the most hilarious conclusions. Feminism defending Islam. People juxtapositioning Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, and their treatment of women against what Donald Trump said 11 years ago. It boggles the mind. We're talking about absolute, even a feminist leader. I'll tell you, she stood up, she said, I pretty much am convinced that Bill Clinton did rape Juanita Broderick, but that does not make him a bad person. Right. And it's this kind of selling. And folks, you got to trust your faith in God. You got to trust your own common sense. You can't let the smoke, the mirrors, all of the manipulation of right and wrong and up and down, you can't let it fool you. You have to realize, obviously, we have a flawed candidate in Donald Trump, but he loves America. He's run a business. He's created jobs. He's asked for prayer. He has brought around him some of the wisest and most qualified people, and he's laid out a plan. Hillary is telling you one thing. I'm going to keep doing what Obama did and probably do a worse job than he did at it. Will you have a champion in a woman that has no problem with selling baby body parts to the highest bidder on every altar of Moloch, as I call Planned Parenthood, on every street corner of America in these abortion clinics. This is everything against the Bible and the principles of God contained in the Word of God. Are Christians not reading their Bibles? What kind of dystopic trance are these Christians in that are never Trumpers? I think you nailed it when you talked about the Bible. I think the value of human life that is clearly laid out in Scripture, it, it would be stunning to take a poll in America of how many born-again believers do not think the Bible is the inspired Word of God, nor is it the standard for caging our behavior and our values. Mm. One really well-known Bible teacher and son of a famous minister stood up and said the best years of the church were the 200 years before the Bible was written. He went on to say that you don't use Scripture when you, it's not an effective tool in trying to win the law. Yeah. And yet for decades, Billy Graham went around the world, and in every phrase he said, the Bible says, the Bible says, 
and it filled the front of stadiums with souls being saved. Scriptures, he, this man intimated, were not written for the lost. They were written for the church. John 3.16 was written for the world. It even said, God so loved the world. Romans 10, 9, and 10 was written for the lost. If you believe and confess in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. In Ephesians, Paul yells out, he said, awake you that sleep and Christ will give you light. If that isn't directed at lost souls, I don't know what is. But it is this creation, this diminishing, this trivializing of the values of the morals that have made the church strong. It, it's this entire narrative that America can't take the truth. They can't handle the truth. So let's dilute the truth. Let's, let's perk up our sorry message with some kind of an additive and hope that we'll get a hearing. And yes, we will. But people that are coming to church under a false pretense, without the active ingredient of the power of God, are not going to be transformed. They become sheep that are droned, dulled, and they can be told and manipulated. Oh, you're this and you're that, and you can get a government check and just relax. Everything is cool. Daddy's got it all under control. And wake up in slavery. And that's what we're facing. Well, you were mentioning men that use the Bible to say, here's the Bible, here's the Bible. Jesus always said it is written. So that's good enough for us. Right. (laughs) So here's the thing. I guess the big message as we go into the next, what, 14 days, I mean, we're just literally two weeks away from such a huge, impactful situation. What really is your message to somebody out there, say a conservative Christian that's kind of fence-sitting right now, or maybe they do think, you know, I don't like either of these candidates. Fair enough, but what would be your message to them specifically, Mario? If we had been where we were supposed to be, we wouldn't be in this situation. And if you don't take steps to remedy it, that here is a candidate out of the two, and the choice has never been more clear. One represents late-term abortion, represents a body of work and corruption, represents someone that erased 33,000 emails after a court order not to do so, that manipulates, that has tried to damage and destroy women that her husband has sexually assaulted. She cannot become president. The only way to stop her from becoming president is to vote for Donald Trump. There's no other thing. Quit bending your brain trying to come up with something. Don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. It is bottom line. So second, ignore the media's statement that Hillary's already won. Don't let that keep you away from the polls. Go to early voting now. Find out in your state where there is early voting. Make up your mind. No matter what happens on November the 8th, you want to wake up on November the 9th saying to yourself, I did the right thing. Amen. Amen. Well, and let's not forget the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I also believe in addition to our vote, Mario, we ought to have our nose buried in the carpet as well. Prayer is so powerful. I wrote a book about prayer. But here's the thing. A lot of Christians, they treat prayer as kind of a a last resort, don't they? Yes, they do. I can't live without it. I've got to have it. I believe that God created prayer for us to use as a weapon for such a time as this. It's got to be first. And this is the thing. I believe that there are thousands of pastors across America who never got in the closet and asked God, what should I be preaching? 
What should I be saying? I believe that some of the men we've mentioned today are thinking in their hearts, Hillary's going to win. That's what they believe. And I will be the darling of the media if I am one of those Christians that sided with Hillary when it was controversial. They're thinking, I'm going to be a darling to them. This, to me, is a total betrayal of everything a leader is. Every pastor ought to be haunted right now by what will my sheep live under if Hillary Clinton is in the White House. Prayer is the answer. We need to pray that there will be no corruption in the voting booth. We need to pray that the people of America will wake up to what Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama truly are. We got to ask God for mercy like we have never asked before. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned the Second Chronicles. And again, my people, he's not talking to the world there. And again, I mean, you have this Kay Warren, for example, wife of, of course, Rick Warren. He's been a big pusher of Chrislam. And I guess this is what really frightens me is, you know, the world is kind of looking like the church. The church is looking like the world. There's no differentiation. You know, they don't want to talk about radical Islam and throwing homosexuals off buildings, but yet you never see a gay pride parade in the middle of Western Saudi Arabia. So, you know, it's always crickets chirping in these churches. They come out and say, like Kay Warren did this morning, she said, you know, firsthand of devastation wreaked on women. I've been a victim of sexual assault. And and then she goes on to talk about Donald Trump's comments. But here's the thing. It's suddenly everybody's joining the band on hammering Trump. But where were all these so-called Christian leaders when LGTB community was getting thrown off buildings because they're embracing the homosexual community? Where were they when all these Christians are getting their heads chopped off all over the world? And these little girls, these Christian girls that got their parts sent to their Christian parents from these Islamist devils, where is the outcry for that? And yet the focus is some locker room comments made 11 years ago when the man was unsaved, really? It is enraging. It is, I don't even think in the spectrum of our emotions we have one to fit that, that kind of outrage. And I look at it, especially these same ministers welcome sinners into their church. Yes. Once they receive the Lord, their past doesn't matter except when political correctness kicks in. Then Trump has to continually pay for remarks he made 11 years ago, remarks he may totally, totally regret. Ladies and gentlemen, what if Trump is a changed man? Because we have the facts that Bill Clinton is not a changed man. Colin Powell said he is still sleeping around today, right now, and we're going to have it in the White House. There is no argument I have ever heard of that is as indefensible as the onslaught of some of these evangelical leaders on Trump. There's no basis for it. There's no logic to it. There's no scripture for it. There's no end game. It becomes solely and completely a cowardly, selfish act of wanting to keep the approval of a culture instead of doing the right thing for the sake of righteousness and the truth of Jesus. Mm, Very well said. Well, Mario, I know you're driving. I know your time's limited. But in the waning moments, really, we have a very short window here of time leading up to November 9th. What would be your message to the listeners? 
I believe that the world needs to understand that as flawed as he is in his demeanor, Donald Trump may be chosen to save our nation from imminent disaster. And I believe that it is as clear as our duty has ever been to pray, seek God, and vote, and talk to others who are on the fence and get them to vote, because now it becomes more than a political thing. This has left the world of politics. This is a moral moment. And I think it could be very much a spiritual moment, something like a, I mean, perhaps God can use a Cyrus type. I mean, God has used some pretty muddled characters in the past, hasn't he? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And some of the ones that are the most baffled that he uses people like that are some of the most muddled themselves. (laughs) Exactly. Mario, do give out your website for the listeners and how they can check out your handiwork and get plugged into some of the great work that you do in your ministry. Thank you. We're reaching millennials, gang members in South Central LA, Flint, Michigan, all over the inner city. That's where I'm from, and that's who I'm reaching. I'm at mariomarillo.org, mariomarillo.org, and I appreciate anyone that can pray for us and help us in our great mission to save this country. Well, I really appreciate your time today. And again, just such an incredible article. And I just want to thank you for your boldness in taking this stance amongst a vapid sea of compromise out there. Mario, I think that is just, you know, it, it just really reflects your character as obviously somebody that's not afraid of the truth. You know, as Paul said, what I tell you the truth, I become your enemy because this stance certainly, I mean, hey, after all, we're deplorables. It doesn't really make us popular, does it? <laughs> no, no. And uh, I'll tell you, when I said that gang violence was wrong, nobody criticized me, wow. you know. And when uh, when I said that heroin was bad, nobody criticized me. When I found out that government was the worst gang and the worst drug in the ghetto and I began to speak out, that's when I started to got the firestorm of criticism. Yes, well, the truth is not popular. The apostles knew that. But these so-called Christians, I think they're Christian in name only, that are never Trumpers, well, you've compromised. You have sold out. And a vote for Hillary, as far as I'm concerned, is a vote against Almighty God himself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unforgivable. It's, you know, it's like David, when he committed adultery, the flaw started early on. It wasn't when Bathsheba was on the roof. Mm. It was the little steps that he took toward compromise. And Satan is calling in his marker on leaders in the church that left their first love years and years ago. And now he's saying, you know what? You're going to have to pay the piper now. This is what you do. And the Bible says in Proverbs, when a righteous man falters before the wicked, it's like a poisoned well. That's devastating. These are the men that ought to be screaming to society the truth and what America ought to do. Hear, hear. Well, the choice is very simple as far as I'm concerned. Mario, before you leave us, if you would do us the honor of leading us into a prayer. Many of us are fasting and praying right into the weekend and into, of course, November 8th. If you please would lead us all in a prayer. Thank you, sir. Lord, I think of Jehoshaphat who stood against an impossible army. And the Lord said, 
stand still and see the salvation of God. We bring all our thoughts, all our emotions, all our feelings under the control of the Holy Spirit right now as we pray. And we ask you, Lord, to shower this nation with a cleansing that hearts will wake up, that like the prodigal in the pigsty woke up and the Bible says he came to himself. Let millions of Christians wake up out of this coma right now. Black and white, Latino and Asian, whatever they are, Lord, stir them, wake them, bring back their natural sense of decency, open them up to understand the obvious and to deny the deceptive. God, let this coma that we're in end now. Let the life support of the Holy Spirit energize right choices, powerful conviction, and courage to act before it is too late. That is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we come in agreement to that prayer. And thank you very much for that, Mario. Thank you for the work you do. And thank you for your time in coming on the program. And I do hope you come back and see us again. I would love to. Let me know when I can. Thank you, sir. Folks, that was Mario Morello. His information is linked there on the October 27, 2016 bio. Wow. We are coming fast and furious to the end of October. We're just 12 days out from the November 8th election. It is hard to believe where we are at. Listen, I got a lot of requests and a lot of people contacted me for me and Carla to put together a prayer specifically for the election. And we did that. And so that prayer is going to be archived on my website tomorrow morning. That's October 28th. You can use this in your church, your home group, your prayer partners, or you can just use it by yourself if you like. But this prayer is very powerful. And Carl and I, again, put this together at the request of you. So that'll be available in the archives and also on the podcast. It's an under five-minute podcast, very quick. But it is a customized prayer as we go in to this last very important 12 days. So I hope you do enjoy that. Tomorrow on the program... He hasn't been on for a while. It's Dr. Ted Brewer. It's going to be a fantastic show. We will see you tomorrow. Good night and God bless you.